Hi and welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name's Warren Shute and I'm here to talk to you about the state pension. The numbers up when it comes to state pension age changes. This episode of The Money Planner has been sponsored by Idealo, the price comparison website. Okay, so we are recording this in October 2020. Uh, we've gone through the peak of the, or should I say, the first wave of the pandemic, and we're now fully in swing to the second wave. And um, But there's something going on with the state pension. This month, every state pensioner will retire at 66 and that's not the end of it it's going to start increasing to 67 between 2026 and 2028 from 1940 to 2010 females or women in the uk retired at 60 years old from the state pension that was their state pension age 60 years old but for men it was 65 and then in 1993, the then Chancellor Kenneth Clark stood up and he made his announcement. And he said, well, look, it doesn't make sense um, having this difference in state pensions, particularly that females have a longer life expectancy. So then in the 1995 Pension Act, they then worked on equalising those retirement ages. So slowly bringing the females or the women's age from 60 up to 65 and keeping the men at 60 and that was going to happen between 2010 and 2020 this year so it was this year that women were supposed to be retiring at 65. But what happened in the meantime the pension act 2011 came in and they accelerated that time frame by two years so they brought it forward so that women would retire at 65 in 2018. So, of course, there's not as much time and there's more confusion. Pensions are confusing as it is. Um, and this has caused a lot of um, upset around the world, uh, sorry, around the country. And understandably, I do get it completely. Um, it's, it's hard. And then in July 2017, the government announced further intentions to increase the state pension age from 65. And it's going to go from 67 to 68 um, and that will be between 2037 and 39. It is massively disappointing. I get it. I really do. I'm affected. My wife's affected. Everyone's affected. No one's immune to this. I gotta say, I think it is essential. I do think it's essential because we're living longer. Um, some stats I got from the website was in 1948, a 65-year-old was expected to um, spend 13 and a half years in retirement. So quick maths on the camera. 78 and a half years old that's our actuarial eight, uh, date of death i guess at the time um in 2017 the 65 year old retiring would expect to live 23 years into retirement so doubled virtually um and then in 2037 they're expected to be 25 years and do you know what, if i'm honest I, I i think one of the things these life expectancies kind of miss out is the advancements in treatment in in the capitalist nature entrepreneurialism of solving things in gene therapy and stuff that will probably make us live a lot longer so we have got that payment coming out for even longer still and sometimes we're not paying in as much during the time either so 
the, the government have got a huge problem on the hand paying for the COVID, the coronavirus bill, and now they've got to worry about retirement or pensioners living longer um, and less money coming in the pot. So they're increasing the retirement age to encourage us to stay into work, stay in work longer and to sort of almost like prolong um, accessing our other pensions so that they last longer through our retirement. Most people, most people underestimate the amount of money they need for their retirement. Um, if you if you kind of consider it, you kind of start working in your 20s. And I appreciate some of you may have started earlier, but in your 20s. And if you work until you're 60, that's a 40 year period. OK, so in those 40 years, you've kind of got to save enough money up to last you 30 years. 35, maybe 40 years, depending on treatments and medication and stuff. So you kind of look at it that way and say, well, actually, I've got to take that income and put it on this bit. And that's why we, I always go on about investing, always drive my home about investing, saving. You have to save. And so few people do. And it's one of those things. It's just one of those things. It's a habit. It's a choice. And I do appreciate some of you listening on this. I've literally just got a money cut, enough money coming in to pay the rent and everything else. But if you've got anything in your life that's almost you know surplus to necessity, then there's a conversation around. Okay, can we divide this up so we can save a bit more? Um, so you really need to make sure there's money in the pot so that when you get to retirement, there's um, enough money for you to carry on living. Now, state pension isn't that bad, to be fair. I think it's quite good. State pension is around about £9,000 a year, just over £9,000 a year, um, in ten. Um, so if you've got 35 qualifying years um, in the state pension, um, in the state pension have changed over the years, but now it's 35 qualifying years in the state pension, you'll get £9,110 um, at retirement, whatever your retirement age is, whether it's 66, 67 or 68, um, depending on your ages. What I would like you to do is I'd like you to go to the government website, gov.uk forward slash state dash pension dash age. I'm sure if you Google state pension age, uh, sorry, state pension forecast, it will take you to that site. But just make sure it's a gov.uk site, which is the government site. Um, go there, log in through the government gateway, and then you get a state pension forecast. If you're not technology minded, if you don't really want to use the website, that kind of thing, you can just get a BR19 form, a BR19, and complete that and send it off, and then they'll send you back uh, a paper version. It's not quite as good as the online version. The online version will give you... Um, contribution history, national insurance contribution history. So what they'll do is they'll come back and say, okay, you have X qualifying years, you need 35, you're this number of short. Um, and if you are short, you can look back and think, well, actually, I shouldn't be short there. And I did this exactly for myself and my wife, uh, and I had some sh years that were missing. Uh, it just so happens that my accountant had filed them, but HMRC hadn't triggered it or something. We're still solving it because of COVID. It's taking um, a lot longer than I expected, but um, yeah. It happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. So I went online, go onto the government website and um, do it there. And the website is gov.uk forward slash state dash pension dash age. Now, one thing that's not spoken about very much and switching from state pension here. So I've kind of highlighted the change of age and gone on to the personal pension or should I say your own pensions is the minimum age to access these. So when I started um, back in 1995, the minimum age to start access pension was 50. 
So anyone, if you're in a company scheme or personal scheme, as long as the scheme rules allowed it, you could access your pension at age 50. Sometimes there'll be early retirement penalties, things like that, but you could access your, your pension at 50. Then in 2010, and I've got to say, when I wrote this down, I couldn't believe, I had to double check it was 2010, because I can remember sitting in my office, in my chair, giving advice to clients about whether they should vest now or vest later um, because of the increase in age. Um, it went from 50 to 55, <clears throat> just overnight, which was really bizarre. They gave us plenty of notice from it. They, 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 they did warn us it was gonna happen, but it went from 50 to 55. It didn't gradually increase. Um, and now what you've got is the pension age starting to increase um, and it will be 57 um, in 2028. 20, so what have we got? Up until 2010, it was 50, then it raised to 55. And then in 2028, so eight more years, it will go to 57. So if you're planning to retire within the next eight years, and you're going to be younger than 57 when you want to retire, then just bear in mind, you won't get your state pension until you're 57. And then what it's gonna do is they, they've latched on the minimum pension age for personal pensions or private pensions um, to the state pension. So it's gonna trail the state pension minus 10 years. So when the state pension increases to 68, which is around about 2028, 20, um, it's gonna then also be um, 58. I think that the message here is is just really to make sure you're aware of what's going on and make sure you're abreast of the changes that are happening. Um, if you were born before April 1971, the earliest you can actual access your pension is 55. Um, as soon as you're born after 71, the earliest you can access your pension is 57. Um, born after 81, and then it'll rise to 58. Okay, so it's kind of like a bit of a summary, bit of a snapshot there. Um, the reality is this is just information for you to be aware of changes. The reality is very few people can afford to retire before 55, before 60. Um, and we advocate as a planning firm to um, find a career, find something you really enjoy. So I always sort of say to people, you either do things, you, you, you do your job because it pays you enough money to enjoy your pleasures, to enjoy your recreation, or you do a job that is your recreation and therefore you never want to stop it. Um, and I prefer the latter really, because then you never really have to stop it. And I've had very wealthy clients work into their seventies, um, because it was an activity for them. It kept them busy. They enjoyed it. Um, they scaled down time, they changed things, but they carried on working. And then you still got money coming in that way. And it's very important you consider these things when you're considering your retirement planning, because if you've been a busy person all your life and you've been working eight, 10 hour days, sometimes 12 hour days, and then all of a sudden overnight, you don't have to get up again. Well, a two week holiday is nice. Sometimes a month holiday, you need to relax and recoup. But then what are you gonna do with your time? What is it, what are you gonna do? So it's about planning, putting intention into those, those days and thinking what you wanna fill your time with. Um, so that it can be the best period of your life. Now. The challenge with that is often you need money. And that's why I started the money plan to try and encourage people to save and invest so they've got sufficient money there for when they do retire so they can do the things they want. Um, so anyway, any questions on any of this, please just drop me a message at warren at warrenshoot.com or drop it in the show notes and um, I'll always come back to you. So five things you probably didn't know, or you might have known, but I just wanted to remind you about pensions. 
Um, first thing which I love is there is no minimum age to start a pension. Okay, so you just had a baby, congratulations. All those gifts coming in, half of them go in the bin after a period of time. Why don't we start taking some of the money and putting it into pension for the baby? You know, I think starting a pension for a newborn baby is one of the best gifts you can ever do. Um, yes, I agree, they keep changing the pension ages, going up to 68, but you've got to bear in mind, that individual baby will grow up and do their own thing. Okay, they'll have their own retirement planning going on, but what they've got in the background is they can then choose the career they want as opposed to the career they need to do to make sure it pays the bills. Pension for um, babies, grandchildren, children, that kind of thing, I think it's absolutely essential. I think it's a fantastic way of doing it. Uh, we do dozens of them at Lexington. Um, most of our clients have pensions for um, their children and their grandchildren. Um, it's a great way to not spoil them. And from a grandparent's perspective, if you look at it, it's a gift that they will receive and they will always remember long after you're not around because they're not going to get it into about another 68 years if they're a baby, obviously. Um, 68 years and all well and good if you are in your 50s, it's unlikely you're going to be around when they draw their pension. You can put in up to £2,880. They still get tax relief, although they don't obviously pay tax, of £720. So £3,600 gets invested. Now that's the maximum. You can obviously put in £100 and get £25 tax relief um, or whatever you want. You can put ad hoc payments in, you can pay monthly, whatever it might be. But it's a great gift for your ch uh, children, grandchildren. Um, number two, you don't have to stop paying into your pension when you retire. So many of my clients, or new clients, always thought, oh, I thought when I retired, I have to stop paying in. You don't. You don't have to stop paying in. Anybody at any age, remember, can pay in 2,880, get the um, 720 pounds tax relief added to it, so 3,600 gets invested. Um, but if you've got any sort of um, part-time income, hobby income, that kind of thing, then that can also be pensioned as well. So um, bear in mind, you are limited. Once you take income from a pension, you are limited. Your The amount you can pay in is about 4,000 pounds a year. So um, even if you have like 10,000 pounds of income, there are limits. But what the message here is, you don't have to stop paying into a pension when you retire. Um, number three, pensions are usually very inheritance tax efficient. And that's true, they are. So the money you build up into your pension is outside of your estate for inheritance tax. So when you're looking at your tax liability on on death, what, okay, what's my tax liability going to be? You look at all your savings, your ICEs, unfortunately they're in your estate, your houses in your estate, all your personal belongings, but your pension should be outside of your estate. I use the word should be because obviously you need to nominate who should receive that on your death. So ask your provider for a nomination of beneficiaries form and you can nominate it to an individual, charity, or even a trust. So sometimes you nominate to a, nominate to a trust um, to keep it outside of your estate for future generations as well. So um, they're very inheritance efficient. And obviously, if you're fortunate to have a pension that you don't need to access when you retire, it's a great way just to leave it there, okay? Just in case you know, anything like care fees come in the later life, you need to access it for that. So almost compartment your income. So you know, I've got my state pension, I've got my defined benefit pension, fire society pension, I've got a personal pension here, but I've got this other pension here, which might have a 50,000 or something like that. I can just leave that and allow that to grow and then when I'm retiring in my 60s, heaven forbid in my 80s or so I need some kind of support with care, I've got some money I could potentially tap into there and access. It's another way of looking at it. But number four, um, which is a real big one for me because um, I think it's really important, it's under discussed, is every employee has access to a pension. 
Okay, and this is really important. Every employee has access to pension. So if you are employed and you're in a workplace pension, you earn over the, the £12,000, whatever it is, £12,500 that they pay into it. That's fine. That's great. They pay into it and done it. You're auto-enrolled. But if you're a low earner and they say, oh, no, you don't qualify, sorry, or you're on a zero-hours contract, I'm sorry, you don't qualify because your average pay doesn't trigger um, over the, um, the threshold, then you still can pay into that pension. You can say to your employer, I would like to contribute to it, please. They don't have to match it. They don't have to pay in either, but you can. Now you might think, well, why would I do that? Because you then don't have to go and sort it out yourself. You don't have to go and pay for advice. You don't have to take the um, time and inclination to go and find a decent pension provider. Um, and it's likely to be cheaper than you can get as well, being put on a group scheme on a, a larger basis. It's likely to be. So for most of you, it's kind of set up for you. It's nice and easy. If you want to start paying to a pension, which I highly encourage you to, even if you start with £10, just start it, get it payroll deducted, and it's done, and then you're in the scheme, which is great. Make that a tick list. Make that a to-do, an action task for Monday morning or whenever you listen to it. Tomorrow morning, you know, stop this podcast, make a note, send an email to HR. You'd like to join the pension scheme and you'd like to pay in X amount. Um, I typically suggest you aim for... 15% of your income. Now, a lot of you might fall off your chair if I say that, but that's your target amount. So, you know, even if you can afford, only afford 2%, do two. And maybe start commit yourself to increase it every couple of years or every year by maybe 1% or 2%. So it starts growing towards that 15 It's easier to amend something than it is to start it, I promise you. Uh, number five, last thing, number five on the top five is if you pay more than basic rate tax, so if you pay 40%, so if you earn up to £50,000, or if you pay 45%, you earn up to £150,000, um, then, sorry, if you earn over 50000 if you earn over 150000 a bit muddled there, I'm sorry, um, then you've got to pay higher rate tax, you pay more than twenty. so you need to claim back the higher rate tax and the additional rate tax, and you can do that through a letter to HMRC, or you can do it through your self-assessment tax return. Um, a letter is available on warrantshoot.com, and if you haven't done this in the past, you can also go back and claim, I think it's the last three years, you can claim the current year and previous three years. So it's very important you do that, make sure your pensions are very tax efficient. So even if you're not a higher rate tax year, taxpayer this year, but you was last year, you can claim that tax-free. So fill your self-assessment or write a letter off to HMRC. Um, other news, what's going on this week? So uh, this month, the Green Home Grant is available. So this was announced back in July. I can remember driving up from sunny Devon on a lovely day. And today it's peeing down the rain. It's awful outside. Um, and the Chancellor announced that he was going to give £5,000 energy efficient grants for people who want to do home improvements to their house. Uh, things like double gla glazing um, and other insulation, that kind of thing. Um, you can now apply. So you go to gov.uk forward slash apply dash green dash homes dash grant um almost on second piece of news in today sticking on the same state pension thing the um waspi the women against Pen state pension inequality women against state pension inequality unfortunately lost their appeal um uh, where they challenging the equalization of state pension being too fast and the lack of communication. So they're not arguing that it wasn't fair to equalise it. What they're arguing is, actually, you didn't give us any communication. You didn't tell us what's going on. We didn't have time to prepare, and therefore we need some conversation. Uh, unfortunately, the judges unanimously ruled that the changes did not amount to a lawful discrimination. So that's a shame for them. 
I guess that's the end. Um, two questions this week. First one is a student rung in and said, hey, uh, my parents gave me some money for GCSEs. I'm studying for A-level business. What should I do? Um, because you're less than younger than 18, you can't hold shares yourself. So you need to open up a junior ISA. Your parents can do that for you. And then look for a global investment fund, uh, index fund, to invest your money. And the junior ISA will automatically convert into an investment or a stocks and shares ISA on your 18th birthday. So you'll then have full control over it. But remember, index fund and globally invested. Second question came in on email. I have over £250,000 that I've just inherited. I want to invest it. What should I do? Hey, do you know £250,000 is a lot of money. I recommend you go and get advice. I know it's nice to do things on your own, but there are so many intricacies with investing about tax, inheritance tax, structuring it, portfolio management, everything else. I do think you should get advice. However, if you just want to go and get the plan done, get the planning, and then go and set it up yourself, that could be an idea. The smarter spender. The smarter spender is basically, I want you to spend money, I want you to do it, but I want to get the best value for money. So what's low on price this week? Idelo, who sponsored the site, said that prams and pushchairs are 17% cheaper this week than on average. Hey, unless you've got a baby coming, that's not much use, but vitamins are. And do you know what? I'm trying to keep my health as high as I can with all the coronavirus going on, just in case something happens. So vitamins would be interesting for me. Alcoholic beverages down 9%. That's very interesting with Christmas not that far away. So it might be a good idea. And Lego is 8% cheaper. So lots of things on deals. A great thing they did bring up was actually October is the cheapest month to buy headphones. Would you believe that? So on average, you will pay in October £133 for a set of headphones, whereas December is £145. So this is just the message of, hey, get yourself organised. Christmas is not that far away. We are now in October. November into December and then the big days here. So you know, get your planning. You've got Black Friday coming. So what I suggest is get the Idelo app, go on there, set some price alerts for the things that you're interested in buying. So if there are things on there you want to buy, set the price alert. And then on Black Friday, if it is a real deal, it will alert you, it will tell you that it's a real deal. Because sometimes I think there's a lot of marketing going on that we think is a good deal because all the paraphernalia that goes on around it but is it really a good deal and remember it's only a good deal if you need it and you want it just because it's cheap doesn't mean you need to buy it um but you know with black friday going on i think it's essential that you download the idealo app it's a great app i use it all the time genuinely i use it all the time way before they sponsored the um the show and i mentioned them in the book they had no no relationship with them then i just i use it i've used it for now a lot of years i should probably find out because i do bring that up a lot but it's very, very good. Set alerts for all the things you want so that um, when Black Friday comes, they start ticking, they ping it, you know, actually, this is a good deal. I can get this. Um, hey, look, I go on about Idealo because I really like it. I hope you like the show. I do it for you guys. If there's any questions you've got, please message me. I would love to address them. Um, I do these based on what questions I get coming in. Um, but until next time, stay safe. My name's Warren Shute. This is Financial Education for the Nation and have a good time.